0: Amen. You know, when the church gets together, love in Acts, it said, or in Corinthians, Paul said, when you get together, it says one hath a song, one hath a scripture, one hath a word, one hath a hath a hath a hath a. You know I remember my dad sometimes on Sunday nights he'd say tonight we're having a hatha service. We're going to you hatha of this, you hatha of this and you hatha of this and we're going to we're going to hatha service. We're going to everybody's going to bring and we're just going to the body's going to minister to itself because you hatha something and I hatha something and as we all release the hatha that's in us then the whole place comes into wholeness. Amen. So praise God. Thank you, Charlene. Charlene's like, here it is, Pastor. You share it. I'm not sharing it. So I said, no, you can share it. So it's funny when you think you're just talking, but then you're saying, I think God told me this. That's pretty crazy stuff. But, uh, you know, God's speaking. Open your hearts because you have ears to hear and you have eyes to see. Amen. How many people see stuff while you're worshiping? You see stuff. It's good, eh? Some people send me emails. They send me stuff. They saw, I mean, I'm just worshiping and they saw angels and pillars of fire and stuff. And I'm like, dude, that's really cool. So it's amazing what some of you folks are seeing while the thing's going on. But it's going on, I'm telling you, because the spiritual realm is active. It's powerful. And it's pretty amazing stuff. Amen. (laughs) Hey, you back there, you got your uh, button on the heat. Can you crank it up a couple of degrees? I don't know about you, but I'm freezing up here. My God, I'm feeling like the frozen chosen this morning. Amen. All right. I don't know. Boy, you guys been turning that down up there. You guys hot up there or what? All right. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. We give thanks for everybody who helps on our media team, don't we? These guys are all so amazing, just what they do. And and Sue's done a great job. She's coached an amazing team and brought people together. And I'm just so grateful, you know, for the staff we have and the ministries we have here. God is really, really good to us. Amen. Amen. Oh my goodness. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're gonna oh bo. We're gonna minister on ask. Ask. Now ask. It's not it's not about some people thought, is this we get to ask questions and you answer them? No. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Ask is all about prayer. It's all about how to pray. See even Pat even went back to get her coat. She was she was freezing. she was, she was like, My God, you know, so man, I don't know what's going on. Maybe the one on the outside, we should turn them all up. Amen. I don't know, did it, did it shut off or what happened? just had a little pause there. Was that good? All right. So we're going to talk about prayer again. That's a good thing. Amen. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for just flooding us with a revelation of what it is to partner with you in prayer, this beautiful ministry of prayer. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for hearts that are open to just have their hearts seated with a revelation that they'll never be the same, that their prayer life will shift. I pray for a renovation of prayer lives in the new areas. Even if you go, well, that was really awesome. I had an awesome prayer life. I pray for a renovation that will take it to all new powerful levels. Upgrades, current. Not a prayer life that was awesome 20 years ago, but something current. Something that is upgraded. Something that has all the new technology. We just pray for it all to be manifest in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Last week we talked about the name. God needs you to pray. God needs you to pray. Like, it's not like you need to pray, but God needs you to pray. God really needs you to pray because uh, things don't happen on earth unless God finds somebody in an earth suit. What's an earth suit? Just pinch yourself. Ouch! That, that's an earth suit right there. If you can't pinch yourself, pinch your neighbor. All right, so... That's an earth suit. You know that you have to, just like if you went underwater, you'd have to wear an underwater suit to exist underwater. To live on earth, God gave us all earth suits. And when your earth suit gives up, that's when you leave earth. You know, that's when your spirit goes, see ya. But you know what? To do stuff on earth, you need an earth suit. That's why the enemy loves to attack your earth suit. That's why he likes to attack your body and debilitate and cripple your body. Because if you're spending more time trying to figure out what's going on with your body than doing the purpose of God in your life, then he can thwart what God wants to do in your life. So your body, my body shall glorify God. Amen, wholeness and health, body, soul, and spirit. So amen, Jesus came in a body to redeem your body. The body is not unimportant. The body is incredibly important. That's why I take care of mine so well. Settle down, it's all right. But God needs you to pray. He needs you to engage in and pray. John chapter 16, 23, and 24. And in that day, in that day, I mean, I'm giving you a new covenant. I'm telling you, things are going to shift in the next few days. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, there's going to be a new day. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've never heard this before. You've never prayed this way before. It's never existed before. But there's going to come a time after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ when he sends a whole goes. There's a church going to be born that can operate in the authority, in the power and in the name of Jesus. Just like Jeff said, when they went to the gate beautiful, they didn't, say, they didn't say we become holy enough and perfect enough to be used by God. They said it has nothing to do with our effort to be holy. It is this, simple fact, in the name of Jesus, we loose the favor of heaven on that guy. It had nothing to do with our performance. It had everything to do with our faith in the revelation that Jesus gave us of the name. That's it, man. And you know, that is new covenant prayer. And the difference between New Covenant prayer and Old Covenant prayer? Old Covenant prayer is, if you do this, God will do this. That's Old Covenant prayer. And if you're still thinking that you got to fulfill conditions for God to somehow manifest himself, you're praying Old Covenant prayers. There's a lot of wonderful Old Covenant prayers, and I love them, but they mean nothing if we think the benefits of heaven come to me because of my performance. The benefits of heaven come to me because of his performance. Because of what he did, I now have access in the name of Jesus. Why should I do that for you? Because of the name, because of the finished work of the cross, because of the blood. What qualifies you to so boldly stand in the presence of God and demand that in your life? The finished work of the cross. I have one argument. I have one plea. Nothing else, the hymn writer said. I have no other argument except the blood of Jesus. That's all I've got to say. His blood, His life-giving blood, that blood that flowed from the blood of God that flowed down on the earth and over His body, that blood, that life has given me access to all the yes and amen promises in the Word of God. Amen. That was so exciting, I gave myself a cramp. Ah. Amen. Amen. You've never done this before, but you're going to do it. The Greek word ask. It destroys the picture that we must pitifully beg and plead for the things we need of the Lord. You see, the word ask is the Greek word ateo, and that word it means to, by adamant requesting and demanding assistance, we meet tangible needs such as food, shelter, money, all that stuff. Everything comes to us, all of it. Even God's purposes, all of it, as we ask for His purposes, His will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. The power of God is released as we ask boldly in the name of Jesus so Jesus teaching his disciples is about to shift the world is governed spiritually in a whole different way you'll walk in a whole new realm of power and authority I'm going to restore to you the open deed I'm going to restore to you the right to reign on the earth I'm going to do it through redemption in my blood so it's a good good thing so that was last week so we're going to jump into this week we're going to do praying on purpose praying on purpose praying on purpose it's going to be real practical stuff say practical this stuff I can I can do I can do this stuff. So we're going to talk about prayer. You ready? Here's number 1. Number 1. There's a time of prayer. There's a time of prayer. Well, I pray all the time. I just pray. I pray without ceasing. Glory to God. I just I pray all the time. That's awesome. So do I. But I don't just have prayer where I'm just constantly in living walking presence we're going to talk about that what it is to practice the presence of God and the presence and and praying and walking in the reality of His presence all the time we're going to do that in the next couple of weeks but I want to talk to you about there's a time of prayer There is a time of prayer. Did you know with my wife and I, we enjoy each other's presence all the time. There's Sometimes we sit together and we don't say a word. But there's other times where I say, honey, we need to sit down and we need to talk. Because, you know, we're we're thinking about maybe we should sell our house. So we're going to set a time aside and we're going to talk about what we'd like to do. I don't want to sell the house. Cheryl would like to sell the house. Cheryl would like to move closer to the core again. And that's why we ended up where we are now because Cheryl wanted to be in the core. Cheryl wanted to be in the core of the city. We ended up in the furthest part of the city. So when Cheryl says she wants to live in the core, I don't know what that means. Don't know where we'll end up. So I'm pretty much, I'd like to stay where we are now. So I'm saying all of that to say, we're going to have to have a time where we sit together and we talk about, we're going to have to share our hearts with each other and share our convictions about what's going on. There's times where you need to have a time where you're going to sit with God on purpose and you're going to engage him and talk to him and he's going to talk to you. You're going to share the things on your heart and he's going to share the things on his heart and you're going to have focused, deliberate time that you're going to spend with God. If you don't have focused, deliberate time that you spend with God, you need an upgrade on your prayer life. You really need to have that specific time. Jesus, and it says, in rising very early in the morning. How many love the rising very early in the morning? I hate that. I tell you, it just freaks me out. I thank God that when I was studying this and looking at the Jewish seasons of prayer, it was the third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, which is nine o'clock noon and three in the afternoon. totally works for me. So the rest of you folks, it's all good. But but Jesus had a habit. He had something. He did. He rose very early in the morning while it was still dark, and he departed, and he went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He went out to a place. He took the time. He pulled himself away, and he went to a place where he could focus and hear from God. So you pray always, you fellowship with God always, but you need time of prayer. Can I get an amen? You need a time of prayer. Luke uh, 5 verse 16. So he Often. It says he often. He himself, which man he did it. He was alone. He himself often withdrew into the wilderness and he prayed. He often did this. He often. It wasn't just, you know, the the while you're walking, while you're journeying, while I'm meeting with the guys, while I'm going through life. Great. I'm glad that you practice his presence through all those things. And you should. But you should have specific times where you on purpose set time apart to go and be alone with him, you and God doing business, working life out, doing stuff together, spending time where you're really getting into reflection and deep contemplation about his purposes in your life and what he desires to do in your world. And it happened, he was alone praying. There he was, alone praying. And I think the disciples are observing his prayer life and observing him praying. And they just saw, I think they realized that there's some kind of connection with this time that he spends praying. Because he seems to come out of there with direction. He comes out of there with purpose. He comes out of there and he's got an assignment. He comes out of there. Stuff happens when he comes out of that prayer place. And so they're like, you know what, what, what you're doing over there? What's happening in there? We've just been observing that there's something powerful that comes out of what you're doing. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. He went to his disciples and he said there in this passage, he said to the disciples, he said, who do the crowds say that I am? Who do they say that I am? He came out of there with assignments. Luke chapter uh, 9, 18 is there. Now go to Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. And in his upper room, I love that, in his upper room, In his upper room, there was that specific spot. In his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day. Three times. And he prayed and he gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. He developed a time three times a day, as was his custom. He was taught as a child. He was taught as a child how to encounter God, how to minister to God. And Daniel was taught... As an early child, and in his early childhood and early days, three times a day to seek the Lord and to do it on purpose. And he had those times and he had those seasons. So Daniel knew that. What's interesting here was they'd set up uh, you know, an image and they said, nobody should pray or nobody should go after or honor any other image except this image of the king. And you know, they said, if anybody does it, they're gonna die. So Daniel knew that if he prayed, he knew after that decree was made, if he prayed and he was caught praying that he was gonna get thrown to the lions. So you know what he did? He opened up his windows and he prayed just like he did any other day. So, you know, there's something really, really important. He said, I would rather be thrown to the lions than give up the time of prayer. I would rather be thrown to the lions than give up my appointments that I have with the creator of the universe. You have an appointment with God. I might be late. Can we put it off to next week? You have an appointment with the creator of the universe. You have a time that he wants you to come aside, he wants you to talk with him, he wants to spend time talking with you. So you got a time, you got a time. Psalm fifty-five, seventeen. 17, evening and morning and at noon, I will pray and I will cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Acts 3, 1, now Peter and John went together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the hour of prayer, say the hour of prayer. This happened to be the ninth hour. This happened to be the ninth hour. But the third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour was an hour of prayer. And if you study the book of action, you begin to look at it, you'll see that all through there on the third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour, a lot of interesting things were happening. Jesus was crucified on the third hour. On the the sixth hour, it says that everything went dark and everything went black. And then it says on the ninth hour, he declared... Father, unto you I commit my spirit. All those, in those three hours, in those encounter hours, everywhere in the Bible, encounters, the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost on the first hour of prayer, on the first time of prayer, on that hour. That's where Peter said, it's nine o'clock in the morning. What was nine o'clock in the morning? It was one of the times of prayer. There were times of prayer, specific times, times where you pulled away and you encountered God. There is a time of prayer. And you need to have, specifically in your life, times of prayer. If you can't do, you know, the, the 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, if those things don't work for you. I don't think you have to use those specific hours, but please set apart in your day where you don't just have a time, but that you have times of prayer where you encounter God. Turn to your neighbor and say, upgrade your prayer life. Okay, good, good, good. All right, so... Give me another one there. What do we got? Acts chapter 2. Now, this is important. Now, a lot of translations, a lot, a lot of translations. All they say is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. Now, what's sad about that is that there's, if you look up the interlinear Greek Bible, you'll see that there is a specific article in front of it. It, it does not say the apostles' teaching, apostles t- it says the apostles' teaching. Singular, the apostles' teaching. Now, this I think is the ESV. Uh, version, also the American standard and the revised standard, I think they all put the in, but a lot of other translations don't put the. Now the the apostles teaching, the fellowship, specifically, singular, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. How many know you're not having fellowship if you're just having a coffee and a donut at Tim Hortons? But you are having fellowship if you're having a coffee and a donut at Tim Hortons, you didn't do it in the name of Jesus. There's fellowship that's intentional That's the fellowship where you're coming together in the name of Jesus. It's the fellowship, it is the breaking of bread, and then it's the prayers. The interesting thing about this the, this the is a little different than the other three thes because this the is plural. This the is, it's a the, it's a specific article, but it's plural. So properly translated specifically, it is and to the prayers, not prayer. Not to prayer, but to the prayers. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm just telling you, it is. It's interesting. Because if it's just prayer, then it's just prayer, but it's to the prayers. And what did they do? They devoted themselves. It's a strong, strong word. They devoted themselves to the prayers. Now, what were the prayers? Did they devote themselves to specific prayers? Prayers? There were prayers that they did? I believe they did. I believe sometimes maybe in charismania and evangelicalism, we've, we've maybe not made such a big deal of the Lord's Prayer. We've kind of thought, you know, these other people, they say it in all their meetings, blah, blah, blah. We don't do that anymore because we don't do those patterns and stuff. You know, We just have a relationship with God. And yet Jesus gave us that prayer. Was it a prayer that was just given as a model to prayer? Or was it a prayer, a real distinct prayer that he wanted us to continue to use? I think it was both. I've been using the Lord's Prayer every day, starting off my day with the Lord's Prayer. It's a new pattern. I've I've renovated this, I'm renovating my whole prayer life right in front of you. At at noon, I'm doing Psalm 23. And in the evening, right now I'm doing Psalm 91. And I'm adding that, I'm adding other prayers. I've got a devotional that gets sent to me about 2:30 in the morning. And it's from a it's from a Catholic priest. But what I'm finding is I want to to read other stuff. I want to read stuff that's out of the ordinary scope of my world. I want to be brought into and I want to encounter things that are outside of where my experience is right now. I don't want to pray from my experience right now. I want my experience to be enlarged. Therefore, I want to open my heart and my mind and my spirit up to things that are different, things I've never maybe looked at before. (laughs) The clapping section, thank God for the... Because if you don't do that, your encounter with God can become stale and it can become rote because I keep on praying out of the revelation I have right now. Be willing to stretch yourself even with something that you might go, I don't even think I agree with that. Why don't you agree with that? Even not agreeing with something helps you formulate what you do agree with. I'm not afraid to be challenged by something that comes from a circle that I'm not used to being involved in, at least then, because I'm not afraid of what somebody else is saying because I got the Holy Ghost lead me into all truth. So I don't mind challenging my experience with what's going on out there. What's happening out there? And I want to be able to speak into it. I don't want to limit my experience with God or the world I minister to because I'm staying in my little box. I'm just hanging out with people who think just like me. You know what happens when we hang out with people who think just like me? We only need one brain. We could share one brain and send the rest on a vacation. Thank God for the body of Christ. Thank God that there's diverse experiences and expressions in the church that I go to. There's all kinds of people experiencing God in different ways than I do. Stop it. We all got to experience it like I do. Wouldn't that be boring? Thank God that it's one Lord, one Christ, one spirit, one body. And I am confident that as you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, that we're going to walk you in the spirit, me in the spirit. We're going to walk in absolute unity in Christ. Amen? Are you able to get in the spirit? You absolutely are. Same here. And he is able to, and I am more confident in his ability to direct us than I am fearful in the devil's ability to deceive us. Some people got a great, big, terrifying devil and a little bitty spirit of truth. I got a massive spirit of truth that is not going to let us be distracted or led astray. Thank God. Thank God that if we do have one mind, it's the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. All right. The prayers. So could it be the prayers? Could it be specific prayers? Could it be specific times that they devoted themselves to the times of prayer? I think it's probably both. I don't know. I'm throwing this out to you. I'm not trying to be a know-it-all. But I think that you need to have specific times. And maybe even design for a period in your own life, I'm going to pray these prayers. I'm going to go down this road for a season. I'm going to pray these things into my experience. And on purpose, pray. Like, don't just go, okay, oh Lord, my my wife and I, you know, we got married. We thought we should pray together. We'd kneel by the side of the bed. (laughs) Hour later, we go, we better get to bed. Cheryl, wake me up. You're snoring, you know. You know, there's something nice about having a form to your prayer. And there's something nice about having something that you're praying on purpose and you're praying through it's guided it's purposeful and it's directed and that can happen when you have times of prayer say times of prayer amen okay let's go on you're ready let's go on place of prayer place of prayer this is deep stuff folks place of prayer matthew 6 6 but when you pray go into your room or go into your closet or go into whatever that place is and when you have shut the door say shut the door when you shut your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret place. Where is the Father? He's in the secret place. Where is he? He's in the secret place. Wow. It says, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So you've got to get yourself in the secret place you got to put yourself where he is. Where is he? He's in the secret place. Here's the key to the secret place. You ready? Shut the door. That's the key. Take a place. Jesus went alone. Jesus went... To a, a barren place. He went to places that were excluded. Why is he going over there? I mean, you could pray at the pizzeria. Well, you could pray at the pizzeria. But you know what? When I go off to a place where I set myself aside, and I shut the door to every distraction, and I shut myself away, and I find him in the secret place. When I find him there, and he and I can spend time together, you've got to find yourself in the secret place because where's the father? He's in the secret place. Father is in the secret place waiting for you, and the key to fellowship. Is shut the door. What's amazing is if you need things manifest in your life openly, you're gonna win the battle in the open realm in the secret place. It's in the secret place where you're gonna get the things that you need to be expressed openly in your life. It says, God sees. Where does the Father see? He sees in secret. The father who sees in secret, when you engage him in those times, in the secret place, when you engage him there, he's going to speak to you in the secret place, and you're going to find that the things that you need to be manifest openly in your life, you need to get things out of the unseen realm and the seen realm, it's because you have a secret place experience with God. How was that? Was that good? All right, you know, please settle down. All right, clapping section is kind of quiet over there. All right, father sees in the secret, don't just patronize me, it's all right, you don't. Psalm 91, 1 and 2, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him will I trust. There's safety, supply, satisfaction. I, lo- I love these verses though, because look, there's four names of God. There's the Most High, there's the Almighty, there's the Lord, and then there's my God. And there's four powerful revelations of who he is, that when you dwell in the revelation of who your God is, there's safety, supply, and satisfaction. When you dwell with him, you abide with him, you remain, and you know what it is to encounter him in the secret place. Pitter-patter. And some of you folks over here need to clap. Can you people clap over here? Thank you. Are. You guys take the day off. All right. No, don't take the day off. You know how needy I am. All right, let me show you this right here. Look at that. You see that? Isn't that amazing? There's a verse over top of that. It's actually one of my dad's favorite verses. But you know what that is? That is actually something my father gave me. Actually, I don't know that he gave it to me, but when he passed away, I took it. It was just one of those things that was a part of my parents' estate and stuff that uh, I want that. And that was my dad's prayer kneeler. And he had this prayer kneeler in his bedroom. And just all my life, I wanted that. I always remember seeing that in there. And I can remember coming home sometimes late at night, and I'd see a crack in the door, and I could see my dad's feet at that kneeler. And that probably impacted me more than anything my dad ever said to me. was I saw him on his knees at that piece of furniture. And I've got it. It used to have it in my bedroom, but my wife didn't like it there. She redecorated it and she moved it to the basement. So I've now moved to the basement as well, so pray for us. But so. <laughs> well, my dad, we lived beside the, the church when we were in Peterborough and as a kid growing up. And we lived in the church manse, and it was right beside the, the church, which is not the best way to grow up because everybody knows your business, and it's just nasty, and I could never get away with any evil doing. everybody. And then, then we had a senior's apartment. Between, between the manse and the church was a senior's apartment with, you know, 20 senior citizens all looking out their windows going, what's that Thomas boy doing now? <laughs> and I tell you, my parents, they got stuff on me constantly. Not to mention there were several times that, there was twice, several, let me say, there was twice that Sunday morning, Service is starting at, you know, 10 30, and the police are dropping me off at the manse at 10 o'clock, twice. And I think about my father standing at the front steps of the manse and talking with the police and having their son there, and people pulling in and going, Hey, Pastor! <laughs> Woohoo! Talk to me about raising my kids, better raise yours first, dude. So many times my dad tried to resign because he said, my goodness, I mean, this is awful. And they said, you know what? It's an attack of the enemy on your ministry and on your family. The enemy's got an assignment on your son and trying to take out his life. Are you kidding? We're standing with you, pastor. We're not going to let it happen. Amen. Thank God for people that'll stand with you. Thank God for people that, that don't look at attacks of the enemy as some disqualification in your life, but understand the nature of the struggle and they'll stand with you in the battle. Amen. That was good right there. That was free. And if if you can't do that, find another church, because you know what? We stand with each other when we fall on our head. We stand with each other when there's a time of difficulty. We stand with each other when it looks ugly and looks messy. That's right. I'd Glenn say that's right. Did I get a that's right from anybody else? All right, thank you very much. Pastor has to rebuke and correct and instruct in all righteousness. But here's my dad's one of my dad's favorite verses. Samuel chapter 12, 23. They rebelliously wanted a king. And so Samuel, he finds a king. He's going to anoint the king. He says, now you did a ridiculous, rebellious thing by wanting a king. But you know what? God's not going to forsake you. For his own namesake, he's still going to love you. And then Samuel said this to Saul and to the people. He said, moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. But I will teach you the good and the right way. My dad... Would preach on this often. If my dad could only preach once anywhere and he was invited to preach once and it would only be one in and one out, my dad would preach on prayer. And he would start with this. He would say, God forbid that I would sin against you by not praying for you. Have you ever been in your office and just sitting there and you could feel the presence of God suddenly enter the room? You could feel just even sometimes God touching your head. Who is that? You were there just even this week and you could just feel, there was like something, presence of God touching me. Who is it? Who is it? Do you know why that happened? I was creeping on Facebook and I saw your face and I touched you. <laughs> and did you feel that? I do. Sometimes I'm on Facebook and I, I touch people's faces on Facebook and I say, God bless them today. Bless them today. So that's the only good reason to be on Facebook, right? Just praying for people. But you know, we pray for you. I pray for you. The staff, we pray for you. I pray for you. You're on our hearts a lot, and it's because my dad drove into me. God forbid that I should sin against him by not praying for you. you know, others are important. If you're not praying for others, come on. It's very, very important that you build that in your life. All right, so there's got to be a time of prayer, but there's got to be a place of prayer, and my father had that place of prayer, and I thank God that I saw that. And I saw the evidence of that, and seeing him pray, Did more for my life than anything he ever said to me. That I can remember. And that that was his favorite verse. I can't remember. Number three, the voice of prayer. Can I say the voice of prayer? The voice of prayer. Luke chapter 11 verse 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples to pray. I think they did that because they could hear him praying. They saw him praying. They saw the evidence of prayer in his life. But I believe they did that because they were listening in. They were hearing about him praying and they heard the voice of prayer and they heard him having that communication with the Father. Matthew chapter 26, 39, he went a little farther and he fell on his face and he prayed saying, he prayed saying, oh my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Which is incredible that even at that place, he still had a will to submit to the will of the father. His will, his human will had to be submitted. He had a choice to submit his will to the father, but he prayed saying, he prayed saying, you know, it's important to pray out loud. I, My aunt, Aunt Dorothy, Aunt Dorothy Warburton, when I was a little, little kid we'd play around the house and they lived down the street from us so I'd come with my cousins into the house and when we'd come in the house there were times we'd go oh, I'm, I'm like what's going on with your mom down there she praying she sounds like she's dying should we check in her oh no she good trust me don't knock on the door right now <laughs> But my Aunt Dorothy, when she prayed, I tell you, you could hear it. It was going on and she was doing it. And I tell you, I figure she's going to come out of there. She's going to look like some crazy wreck of a mess because I don't know what she was battling with in there, but that was ugly. But you know, she'd come out of there, not a hair out of place or anything. Hello, kids. Would you like some peanut butter cookies? Well, just roll some up right now. And I go, Where's the lady that was in the room? Thank God you left her there. I mean, oh, my goodness. But, you know, she knew how to pray. She was a prayer partner with 700 Club, prayer partner with 100 Huntley Street. Two times a week, she would go down all the way downtown, and she would go work on the phones on the prayer lines. You know, she was somebody who knew how to pray. But she knew the voice of prayer. We get into prayer meetings with her, and, oh, my goodness, I tell you, if I was a devil, I would run just because she scared me. But she made some really good cookies. Amen. So it was good. But... There's times it's not appropriate to pray out loud. There are, right? Like when your keyboard gets stuck at work. And like, I curse you now in the name of Je- I plead the blood of Jesus over you. I will not follow demon. Come out of my... That's not a good place to use, use your voice, you know. This this, you can just quietly pray there. But, you know, it's very important to use your voice when you're praying. Mark 11, chapter 23, 24, and and Jeff and, and Stephen exhorted us this way that your mouth and what you're using and what you're saying is really, really important. It says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, say, 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 whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Has anybody got a mountain? You got a mountain. You got something in the way. You got some kind of obstacle. You got something you'd like to get lost. You know, you can speak to mountains and speak to mountains and you can introduce mountains to the vastness of God. Did you know the biggest mountain in the world would disappear in the Pacific Ocean? You know, God is saying that whatever mountain is before you, you can speak to that mountain and you can command it to be cast into the vastness of God and it'll disappear in the vastness of who God is. So when you pray, you got to speak to that thing. You got to speak to it and you got to tell it what to do. Be removed and cast into the sea. It says he who believes in his heart and doesn't doubt but believe the things you're saying and the things you say, all those are the word lego. Say lego. It really is lego. That simple. You just spoke Greek today. Lego. That's Greek. It's Lego. How many have ever played with Lego blocks? You know, when I, I got this, and I realized my son was a Lego maniac. He really was. But, you know, my son would build what was on the box, but then he would build other stuff. He just had a big barrel full of Lego, and he would just create things out of his own imagination. And out of his own imagination, it would become beautiful, symmetrical. He built this huge, big boat one time. It was like he used every piece of Lego in the house. And it was beautiful, but it was all symmetrical. All the colors were symmetrical. And I going, where did that boat come from? You know what he said? He said, in here. It came from in my head. I had a picture of a boat in my head and I took my Lego and I created it. You know what? God puts images of a preferred future. He speaks to you in the, in the, in your mind and on your spirit. And He gives you the things He desires to bring forward. Do you know how you bring Him into manifestation? With Lego. You'll bring it into manifestation with your words. That word Lego means to speak, to command, or to point out with words. You're taking your words or spiritual powerful containers and those words are shaping the very thing you need. But if you're not speaking, if you don't have a time and you don't have a place and you don't have a voice to your prayer, what are we forfeiting? What are we not bringing into creation because we're not exercising the simple responsibilities and the practices of prayer? You got to do it. You got to speak it out. And look what it says. If you will say to it, it says it will be done and he will have whatever he legos. Did you know what you have right now? You literally right now have and are living in and are manifesting what you say. That's why there's a voice of prayer. And when you pray, you got to be determined that you're going to let the spirit of God speak to you. You're going to get a supernatural manifestation of what he desires to do. And with that, you're going to use your words on purpose to shape and build the future that you're living in. Amen. All right, we're moving on. We're moving on. Right, we got two clappy sections. We got one here, we got one. Here. Good, good. I like it. All right. number four. specifics of prayer. Luke 22:32 I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. I love that. Jesus said, Simon, the devil, he's tried to put a hit out on your life. The devil wants to take you out. He has decided that he's going to send a whole pack of hordes of hell to rob you of your future and your destiny. And he's decided that by observation, you're going to be a player in the purposes of God. And he's decided to put out a hit on your life. But Simon Peter, I have prayed for you specifically and clearly that the call of God and your this is Jesus. Jesus is saying there's a purpose in your life, Peter, and the devil hes going to do everything he can to try to destroy you. But when you return, Peter, when you've gone through this struggle and you're going to come through because I've prayed for you, you're going to come through and you're going to fulfill the call of God on your life. Listen to that. Listen to that. There's a call of God on your life. There's a call of God on my life. And if Jesus was absolutely committed to Peter's purpose, he's absolutely committed to yours. He's not going to pray any harder for Peter than he does for you. In fact, he stands there ever to make intercession for you. I got an intercessor named Jesus Christ who's standing at the right hand of the Father. And he's saying, Carl's purpose will come forth. No attack shaped in hell will steal what I have called forth in his life. he's praying for me specifically you got to pray specifically are you praying specifically and i pray you are i thank god i go minister in different places and there's so many different places across the country where people will walk up to me and say pastor carl i want you to know every single day i pray for you by name And i'm like yes that is so why do they do that but I thank God that he's laid on people's hearts specifically by name that they pray for me. All eyes closed, heads bowed. How many of you specifically by name pray for your pastor? (laughs) But when you have times of prayer and you on purpose pray and you have forms of prayer and on purpose you put the list there and you say, I'm going to pray. I've built it on my phone. And so I got my morning one, my noon one, and my evening one. And I've got names. I've got my children's names. And Frankie's at the top of the list now. But anyways. But I pray on purpose for my kids. I pray for my wife. A lot of people, my marriage is in trouble. Do you pray for your wife every day? No, I argue with her every day. Oh, praise God. Do you put her at the top of your list three times a day? Pray. Thank you, Father. Bless. Thank you. You know something? you got to do this on purpose. you got to be specific with your prayer life. I prayed. He prayed on purpose. Give me another slide. Give me Romans 1:9, for God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel and his son. That without ceasing I make mention of you. I make mention of he's talking to the Roman church. He's saying to the Roman church, I make mention of you. And I'm telling you, Holy Ghost is my witness. God is my witness. God is my witness. Pastor, I pray for you every day. God is my witness. Paul's to say, God's my witness. I mention you in my prayers every single day. Isn't that amazing stuff? you got to get really specific with your prayer. What would happen if we renovate our prayer lives as a group, as a people, and we really get serious about this whole asking thing? What's God going to do with us? I mean, Charles Spurgeon, greatest preacher the world has known, he said, you know, your life to live again, what would you do? He said, I'd rather teach one person to pray than 12 people to preach. Prayer. Make mention. Give me another slide there. Matthew 21, 22. And whatever things you ask, they ask, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. See, when you encounter God and you spend time with him, specific times, specific places, really praying, you're going to get specific assignments. Not only are you going to pray your list, but he's going to download a list for you. So many times I've been in prayer and I get through my list and say, Father, I pray for my loved ones. I pray for my brothers. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for Carly Lynn and Johnny. And thank you for Dylan. And thank you for the call of God in his life. Jesus, a mighty man of God, servant God, condemned to the purpose of God. Woo, glory to Jesus. And Frankie Lynn, thank you for spunk and fire and energy. God bless her. And I'm praying for that. And then when I'm done, my list, I go, Father, I love you. I enjoy you. And all of a sudden... (laughs) He'll drop things in my heart. You got the prime minister coming to town. He's coming to your city. Welcome him in in the spirit. Open his heart that he's in your city. Let the spirit of God invade his life. The leader of your nation is coming to town. Whose town is it? It's my town. Let it be a town of glory. Let it be a town of God. Let it be a place where he encounters him in the sleep, where he's in a hotel room somewhere. Bind every foul thing in that hotel room. Let the glory of God invade his heart. Give him a dream in the night. Speak to his heart and his life. So there's times I'm praying. It's amazing. Little assignments will come like that. Random stuff out of nowhere, where you can begin to partner with heaven and do purposes of God. But this isn't going to happen if we just treat our prayer like, yeah, I pray all the time, just praying. I'm praying right now. It's good to have times of prayer and places of prayer, specifically and on purpose praying. All right, how we doing? We doing okay? Anybody finding this okay so far? Anybody finding this just way too practical? Okay, here we go. Give me another one. Oh, no network. How many been on an airplane? You been on an airplane? Been on an airplane recently? What's the first thing you do when that airplane's coming down? What's the first thing you do? Get out your phone, Unless you're a man, you forgot to turn your phone off, so it doesn't really matter. so, but, but you get out your phone and your phone, right away, your phone starts searching. and your phone is searching for a network, searching for a network, searching for a network. So this is really good. So what I want to say right now is uh, uh, agreement. Agreement in prayer. You know, there's something in you. There's something powerful about agreement. There's something There's something that happens in your life when you begin to pray with somebody else. That's why I think being married is so powerful because it says when you're married, there's grace on marriage. And it says when you're in agreement as a married couple, it says nothing will hinder your prayers. Isn't that? A, that's in 1 Peter. You can check it out. It might be 2 Peter. But it says there's a grace in your marriage that when you agree together with anything in marriage, it says that your prayers are not hindered. You know, that's amazing stuff right there. But you know, when you can find agreement, there's times where you need agreement. There's times where you find somebody else, and you can get breakthroughs that you can't get on your own. And you know, there's something in you, there's something in you that always seeks out connection. You were designed to seek out connection. And there's times where in your prayer life, a very basic thing is, there's times you need to pray with others, and you need to pray in agreement. You need to get a pack of people committed to pray about something. All right, so prayer of agreement. Agree in prayer. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. Again, I say to you, if two agree on earth concerning anything, can I say anything? Can you tap your feet on the floor for me? That's good. You know what? You qualify because you're on earth. Good. All right, so two agree on earth concerning anything. Has anybody got anything that they would like a breakthrough in? Anything to happen in your life? Wow, three people. It's good. The rest was, my oh, life's good. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Go bigger. Okay, anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name. I am there in the midst of them. Amen. Brandon, stand up where are you are standing. Go ahead, stand up. George, stand up. Face each other. Are you ready? All right. Two standing on earth agreeing together. Just say thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah ahead, thank oh, you. Know, I was crewing all out. My... Hey! Thank you. You can sit down now. But when you start to agree together in prayer, God is there. There's a manifestation of Him that is more increased. It's more tangible. It's more powerful. When the two you gather, He is there, absolutely there, and ready to act on your behalf in anything that you're praying for. God is ready to act for you. What a powerful principle. We should exercise that a little more often. Man, the power that's released in agreement. And it says, whatever you can bind, whatever's bound in heaven, you can bind in earth. Whatever's loosed in heaven, you can loosen earth. Because two people in agreement are powerful in the purposes of God. Hello. Agreement is a powerful, powerful thing in prayer. Acts chapter 12, 5 to 7. Peter, therefore, he's kept in prison. I mean, James got beheaded, and he's keeping Peter in prison over the weekend. But constant prayer was offered to God by the church. So we got a problem. I mean, this is bad. I mean, James lost his head. They're going to kill Peter on Monday. So what's the church going to do? Wow, maybe we should pack up and get out of town. No, the church decided that we're going to get together Because we heard when Jesus was teaching us that if two people can get together, you know, and the more of us can gather together, and if we gather in his name and we come under that authority together, that we can ask for anything in his name and God the Father is going to bring it to pass for us. Yeah, let's do that. So the church got together and they prayed. And look what it says. It says, and the light shone in the prison. The angel had to wake Peter up, had to strike him in the side say, come on. Peter's sleepwalking all the way out until the iron gates opened. He didn't even realize he's being set free. How much faith was in Peter? Not much. He was just sleepwalking. Oh, was on a good sleep there. What's going on? What's happening? What's... It wasn't. Peter was, you're going to be, your head chopped off on Monday. What's Peter doing? <sighs> but the church was praying for him. And he got delivered and set free and the chains fell off because people put a demand on the power of prayer. It says constant prayer. It's also translated as earnest, heartfelt prayer was offered by the church. Church, listen, when somebody's going through something here, it's our problem. When somebody's got a bondage or something going on in life, we don't just, you know, I go to church on Sunday, pay the God bill, and I really don't want to know too many people. i got to go someplace while so I'll hang out with you people. Don't hang out with us carelessly. Hang out on purpose. Get to know what's going on. Get into a small group so you can get to know some people, and you can begin to agree together and pray for the goodness of God to be manifest in their lives. It's important stuff. Now behold, the angel smote Peter and dragged him out of the prison, and the chains fell off. One more. Look at this one. Acts 16, 25, 26, it was midnight and Paul and Silas, what do you got? You got two people on earth, two people praying and singing to God and the prisoners are listening and suddenly there was a great earthquake. You know, what's amazing is this is a great earthquake that all it did, it didn't wreck the jail or make the jail fall on their heads. It was a great earthquake, but the only thing it did was open prison doors and break chains on captives. Now, that is a great earthquake, a great earthquake that brings no damage to anybody or anything except the bondage that people are in. You know, that's what we need today. We don't need an earthquake that'll terrify everybody. We need the kind of earthquake that'll break chains and open prison doors and shatter the things that hinder people. But you know, when people get together and they pray, man, powerful stuff happens when we pray in agreement. All right, let me give you a little recap. You ready? You ready? I do want you to do that this week. I do. I want you to have a time of prayer. I got a time of prayer. Thank you very much. Good. Appreciate it. Good. Maybe have times of prayer. They devoted themselves to times of prayer. The prayers. I want you to have a place of prayer. I, I got a, a pastor friend of mine who, who, when he goes into this place of prayer, it's kind of odd, but I kind of thought it was kind of neat. I haven't done it yet. I thought about it. But he actually puts a candle down and he lights a candle before he prays. And I go, what do you do that for? He goes... For me, it just represents that God's with me. Uh, sounds kind of religiously weird or something. But at the same time, I went, it's actually kind of cool. And he lights that candle. He sits down. He says, welcome, Holy Spirit. Anyway, I'm not saying you got to do that. I just thought that was interesting the way he did it. But his place of prayer, he did that just to just use something else just to bring him into an understanding that I'm in the presence of God. And he had a time of prayer, a place of prayer. You got to have a voice of prayer. Prayer should be voiced. Prayer should be spoken. If you're going to speak to mountains, that is to, to speak to, to point out with words. You got to use your words. Amen. I mean, eventually we got Frankie. Frankie's, "Ah, you got to use your words. We're trainer. You got to use your words. You know, when you, when you grow up in prayer, you got to start using your words. You got to start speaking that stuff. All right. Specifics in prayer. Specifics. Write down people you want to pray for. Make sure that you're specific in prayer. And then number five, agreement. There's times you need to find someone you need to step into agreement in prayer. All right, come on, stand up with me. I got one more slide, I think. There it is. That's the last slide. Stand up. I just want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want all of you believers praying. I just throwing that on the slide for one reason. That's because I believe in every single one of us there's a searching. And every single one of us, you're crying out for a connection. And in every single person right now. If you don't know him, there's something inside you that's constantly crying out to be connected. And you're here today not because, you know, you thought it'd be a cool idea, but it's that desire in your heart to be connected with him that has brought you. And there's something inside you. It's like a divine DNA. There's a chip. It's almighty God has placed in you to constantly seek him out and seek connection with God. But I want you to connect today. I want your searching to become reality, and I want you to be connected to your heavenly father. So nobody's looking around. It's just you. It's just you, and you're here, and you know what? The father wants to have a relationship with you. He really does. He loves you. He gave his son so that every obstacle could be removed, so you can have a relationship with him based on what he did, not based on what you did. All you got to do is say, thank you. I accept that. Be my Lord and Savior. So listen, if you're here today and you've never made that connection with God, you've never made that link up with God, I want you to do it today. And I'm going to pray for you. But all I want you to do is I'm going to count to three. And at three, if that's you, could you put your hand up? Put it up high enough that I can see it. You don't have to worry about anybody else. This is you and God. This is you making that connection, making that connection with your Father. Are you ready? Here it is. One, two, three. Just raise your hand up very, very high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else over the side here? Anybody? Just raise your hand right now so I can see it. Thank you. Okay, let's pray. You ready? We're going to pray. Everybody's going to pray. So you pray out loud because everybody else is praying too. So lift up your voice. You ready? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you've done for me. Thank you, Father, that you sent your son. So that I can have a relationship with you. I believe in the finished work of the cross. And I believe that I'm forgiven. That I'm healed. And that I'm free. I receive you now. As my Lord. And as my Savior. Holy Spirit. Come into my heart. Testify. To me. That I am. A child of God. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's so awesome. You did that for the first time, somebody might be patting you on the shoulder, might want to talk to you, and that's because I've asked them to do that. So they were the only ones looking around, except for the rest that were not looking around either. Well, love you folks. I really do. How many tired of the cold already? just me. Okay. I got the folks that are praying and ministering at the altar. Can you guys come up now and just get ready to pray? We're going to release you to go. But we just want right now uh, our prayer teams to come up. A lot of wonderful things happen at the altar. And every, every Sunday, we have people ready and prepared to pray for you. So... You know, you should come, even if you think, well, I don't need to go to the altar. Sometimes it's just good to go and get agreement and get prayer with somebody. So our altars are open. If you need prayer for anything at all, these folks are all here ready to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. You ready? Father, I just thank you for your great love for us. I really do. And I pray that your great love would just permeate and touch each and every person here today. I pray, Father, that what we've shared, I pray that these simple foundations of prayer, that, that, Lord, they would find hearts willing to receive them and just were willing to renovate and upgrade and and do some things. I don't want to pray the same way I did. I I want to enhance my prayer life with you. I pray, Father, that much would be done to cause much more prayer, effectual, fervent prayer to be done. So, Father, let your love, Jesus, let your all-wonderful, favorable grace be upon each and every one, and Holy Spirit, thank you that you partner with us and you go with us to demonstrate your goodness, your kingdom, everywhere we go. So, I bless each and every one here in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, amen.